Welcome to another episode of Straight Talk with Strahan. Hey, it's Odie Strahan, and I'm having one of the most amazing days of my life. Hopefully you are too. Let's get this show started. What's going on? What's going on? Welcome to another episode of Straight Talk with Strahan. Guys, we are in for a treat today. Really excited about our guest. This gentleman had a great playing career that eventually led him to playing uh, overseas professionally. Uh, he later became the athletic director and started the athletic program at Bradshaw Christian, uh, where he served as the athletic director for 17 years, had great success on campus in, in numerous roles, including coaching, where he won nine section titles with the basketball teams, uh, had one of the most dominant programs on the women's side, which we'll, we'll get into. Just really excited to have him here today to you know, get into his backstory, get into his journey. Uh, and like I said, just, just excited to have him on. Mike Rubel, you out there, brother? I am here. I'm here. How you doing? Oh man, I'm excited, man. Excited to have you on. I know, uh, you know, I got a lot of stuff to get into, man. So you you ready to go? Let's do it. Yeah. Thank you for having me too. I appreciate it. Thank you. No, no you got it, man. You got it. So talk to me, man. Let, let, let's just bring it back. Uh, you know, from the very start, just real quick. Uh, so growing up, you know, what sports did you did you play outside of basketball? I uh, pretty much, you know, I played everything. I was just, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting and just, you know, dealing with my son and, and the kids today, it's just, you know, I mean, you know, how it is, it's just kids don't go outside anymore. And man, I played uh, baseball and football and basketball. And I mean, even water polo. I mean, you know, I, I mean, even back in the day to help me with basketball, I even took ballet classes. <laughs> so. no, that's awesome, man. So let, let me ask you this, because obviously people don't know you're, you're, I mean, you can correct me. You're probably between six, seven and six, nine, right? How tall are you, Mike? Uh, yeah, I was always say I'm a, I mean, I'm six, nine, but I always say I'm a legit six, seven. <laughs> All right. Uh, there you go. There you go. So let me ask you, were you always, you know, when it comes to relative to your age, were you always tall? No, actually, um, yeah, I didn't. Um, I didn't stop growing until I was about 22. So I actually, when I ended up um, getting into my sophomore year, my sophomore year in college, I from my my sophomore year, yeah, my sophomore year in college, I grew like two or three inches. Wow, gotcha. So hey, so there you go for the for the, the athletes out there that think that you know the that they haven't hit their 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 peak yet, or their growth spurt. You know, uh, it could happen later. Okay, gotcha. You know, the reason I asked that because I didn't know. Uh, you know, obviously you, you would do, if you were taught at each stage, you know, what's, you know, did that predicate what sport you played? What, uh, let me ask you this. What, what age did you start playing basketball? Um, I didn't start till late. I was, that's funny. I was just thinking about that. Um, I would say middle school, I would say probably more, more like even towards the end of, of middle, like eighth grade, seventh into the eighth grade is when I really started getting into it. Gotcha, man. You know, <laughs> you know, you know, you know, what's funny is that, uh, that's actually something common. I, I'm starting to catch on to, there's a lot of late bloomers. You know, I've had, you know, many people on the pod that, you know, eventually played, you know, college ball overseas or even professionally. And, and they didn't, they didn't, they didn't uh, start playing until, you know, later. So that's actually good to hear. Uh, I'm glad that, you know, my audience is able to hear that. Even, you know, the, you know, a lot of players out there that feel like if they didn't get started in AAU ball or they didn't get started, you know, from an organized basketball standpoint, that you know, that's too late for them. You know, there's, it's never too late. Obviously here you are another one that started, you know, in, in teens, uh, what, let me ask you this, when it came to the game of basketball, since you played, you know, all sports, you know, all these types of sports, you know, what is it about the game that, that you enjoyed the most about basketball? I think, I think really probably what, what stands out the most for me is just my teammates, the connection. Um, honestly, like I just, even in coaching, I think I took a big, just a, I think, well, there's, there's other parts, but I think, <clears throat> excuse me, building a team, 
um, just connecting and just, you know, making those, making all the parts work really well, whether it's on the field or court or in any sport. I just, I just think it's, you know, uh, just, it's just the mindset. I think the mentality of athletics, of sports, of basketball, basketball is such a fast paced sport and you play both offense and defense, you know, there's not like, Oh, you're a, you know, you're just going to play defense or offense. I mean, you know, there's, there's segments, there's, there's situations, of course. Um, but yeah, I just, I just really love the, the fast pace, the speed of the game. I think like life, you know, you just, you got to go, you got to, you got to make these quick decisions. And, and I think basketball really does emulate that. I like it, man. I like it. So talk to me, uh, when did you realize that, you know, you had a special talent for, for basketball specifically and that, you know, it could take you, you know, it could take you some places. Uh, you know what? Um, I mean, just just being just, you know, just I don't know, just being blessed, I guess. Um, with my, my dad was like six, six. My mom was six, two. She was just a, a really good, a, an amazing athlete. Um, my dad was just a big guy and it just uh, had a, a tremendous work ethic. I think I just, you know, I my dad passed away when I was four. Um, so I, my mom raised me and she was just a strong lady. She just she just was a boss. And so I just learned um just learn that and I think just uh just getting into the game um just man just the competitiveness uh just really you know getting after it and, and things like that gotcha man I get it I get it so let's uh so were you able to have I mean before we get into your high school years were you able to have you know success you know immediately once you once you really started focusing you know the that middle school years that you that you that you alluded to earlier were you able to have you know pretty pretty quick success with the game of basketball you know what i i i it's kind of a catch-22 I, I did and i didn't so so when i was in my when i first started playing i mean i just i was an athlete and i was just um i think like i was kind of forgot but i kind of lost my thought but i was i was just blessed as an athlete like i was just very athletic um had for for just just anything I just picked up on things quick and especially sports and so um yeah I just I just really feel like you know I I, I was able to you know right away pick up different things like you know you work with kids I mean obviously you, you work with kids and it's just like you know teaching a, a new a person new at something it's just repetitiveness and it's and it's getting them to understand not just oh here let's work on a right hand left hand layup it's like understanding why and I think I just always was very cerebral, like very mentally just in tune with things. And I just always asked, you know, not necessarily ask questions. I was just always interested in the whys. Like, why are we doing this? Like, what is this? Oh, I could, you know, and I was, I was, I had, a, I think, a great awareness early on. And so I, I so kind of to, to long story short is, is I think when I got in high school, I struggled because um, I was, I think what my gift and my curse was, was my tenacity, my my stubbornness, you know, my trying to, you know, so not to say I argued with coaches and stuff. I just, you know, I, I was blessed to play on a really good team. Uh, most of my teams were pretty competitive in, in school and, and even as I kind of got into AAU. But anyways, all that to say is, yeah, I had I had some early on success and then I kind of struggled a little bit. But I, I think probably we'll get into that. But it, it's kind of like what made me, you know, want to fight and not quit. You know, it's like you kind of kind of hit that point where you either kind of say, oh, I want to quit or I'm going to, you know, press on. Got you, man. It sounded like uh, when you were referring to the questions, it really sounded like, uh, you know, that's that's how basketball IQ gets built. You know, when it comes to the players that really want to know, you know, the, the why behind the what, you know, not necessarily, you know, 
to have success with the plays or, you know, you know, uh, having success on the court, but they really want to know the why behind it, which is actually great, you know, because as you know, uh, basketball IQ is something that's very important, very underrated in, 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 in the game right now. Um, and actually something as, as the kids get older is something that really uh, differentiates the top players. Would you agree with that? 100%. I like, <clears throat> I can't stress enough how, how much I'm into just the mentality, basketball IQ connection. I mean, some of my best experiences coaching, um, playing and coaching was, was how I interacted with my teammates, how I interacted with the coaching staff, the ownership, things like that, or even as I coached, how I interacted with the players or the, or the parents, you know, and, and it's just, it made a world of difference. I mean, again, just basketball IQ again on the floor is, is huge. And when you're going through, you know, challenges and stuff and you just, I just always stood back and I never, I never took, you know, you start to kind of be able to assess like, Oh, good coach, bad coach, you know, Oh, this is kind of my, you know, this is a coach I really love to play for. And this is a coach I'm, I don't really care for, you know, maybe I, I'm struggling a little bit and that's not to put any of the coaches down. What I'm saying is that I was able to take the good and the bad and I listened, I learned, and I always took something from every, every experience. No, that's good, man. That, that's always good to, you know, you could always learn, uh, you know, there's, there's not a perfect coach, let's be honest, right? <laughs> so you could always get bits and bits of pieces. Even a great coach has some flaws. So uh, that's good that you were able to uh, be cognizant of that and, and pick up on that, you know, at, a, at such an early age. Uh, let's get into your high school years. I know you had, you kind of, you know, talked about you struggled a little bit, but talk to me about, you, you know, your, 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 your years in high school. Uh, you know, how many years did you play at the varsity level? You know, how were the teams that you played on while you're while your four years in high school? So that was interesting for me because I think when I arrived on campus, um, I actually was, you know, kind of already <clears throat> kind of looked at just my my size and my body and everything. And just just even probably even talking to me. I mean, I was always a smart guy and, and always pretty aware and stuff and could articulate myself and. So I think I was already kind of just without even seeing me and not knowing anything about me, coaches just already put me on that level. They were always like, oh, okay, well, you know, probably he's going to be freshman year JV and then we'll probably bring him to varsity and then, you know, probably freshman into a sophomore year will probably be varsity and then varsity the rest of the time. Where actually my freshman year, my mom took me off, said, no, you're not playing. I didn't get the grades she wanted. Um, I was always a good student, just not the grades mom wanted. So I didn't play my freshman year. Um, and, and then, of course, in my next year was my sophomore year, which then that kind of, you know, uh, like I said, I was I just got a chance to play with some really good players. So I ended up being on, starting on the JV and then uh, from there was moved up to varsity and then junior, senior, you know, sophomore, junior, senior year played varsity. And, and uh, yeah, so that's kind of where that where that kind of like, matriculated from. <laughs> I dig, I, I dig it, man. Uh, uh, Mama Rubo had a different GPA requirement. I like it, man. That's how it is. Uh, <laughs> you know, in my household as well. You know, uh, I, I have different requirements. That, that's good. That's a definition of a scholar athlete in that order. Uh, great to hear. Great to, great to hear that you were held to those standards, man. Talk to me when you did get to the varsity level. You know what? Uh, how did you feel about the competition at the varsity level? Um, you know, the speed of the game at that point. You know, what type of you know what type of uh, success were you able to have? Um, we, well, as a team, we were very successful. Um, I ended up in my, in my later years, I ended up, uh, you know, I was going, I was, uh, attended Armio out in Fairfield and, uh, we just had, we had a lot of players that were, uh, you know, in the high school level, we're definitely able to take our, our team high school wise to the next level, uh, playoffs and even able to even talk about, 
um, you know, going deep into playoffs and things like that, <clears throat> winning league championships, things like that. Um, but at the time when I was playing, um, and this kind of even followed me into the junior college level, but it's just every, I just played in a really good time when there was just a lot of talent <clears throat> kind of back when, um, you know, just like Jason Kidd, you know, I played back in the time when, when Kidd was a, maybe a year, oh, he's probably my age, but maybe school-wise was like a year or two younger than me. Um, but I think we're about the same age, but uh, um, just, you know, I was just blessed to play Joe McClain, uh, Darnell Robinson, um, you know, AJ, AJ Rollins was on my team, things like that. But those were the kind of the guys either through AU or different things or, or playing against their teams and growing up in the Bay Area. That's just, you were just constantly being challenged. You just, every, every night you were both in practice and in, the, and in games, you were just, you know, it was just always a challenge and always competition. So you, you had some dogs uh, near your, your time that you were playing. I mean, you just, <laughs> you just named off some dogs right there that, that you got an opportunity to play against that you obviously the people you were competing with on a, you know, on a nightly level, uh, probably what on practice around town as well as obviously in games. So uh, no, that's awesome, man. Let me ask you, uh, you know, what were your biggest highlights during of your high school career? Uh, man, one that one that actually really stands out is um, just the, there was some really big crosstown rivals when I went to Armio. Fairfield was uh, kind of our crosstown rival. Um, of course, back then that was the uh, the male the Monticello Empire League. So we had Vallejo in there, um, and, and you know they were always loaded back in the day and stuff. But yeah, just uh, you know the overtime games. Uh, I remember with Fairfield. Um, <clears throat> you know what's crazy is. Um, I think through my career, college, even into playing overseas a little bit, um, you know, I had big shots and I had, you know, guys hit big shots on me, things like it's just always the team wins. Like, I think that's what, you know, part of maybe me being a coach and stuff. But um, we just yeah, it's just just some of the biggest moments were just winning those overtime games. The gym's packed. Um, you know, I mean, I think in a couple like I got like I know I don't know if high school or see. I don't, well, I didn't I remember that, but I remember getting big like I was you know, on the ball, got a tip, got a steal, threw it up, you know, like to a AJ Rollins, he gets a dunk, you know, a, a, you know, Brian Clark or, a, you know, a, a Jerome Carelock or something. I mean, it was pretty cool. It was just a lot of fun. Just I had, I was just blessed to be on some really fun and some competitive teams. I'm telling you, see, it's crazy. Uh, you know, I can just hear it in your voice as you're telling these stories. It's like, you know, the high school years. Uh, that's why I told my son, as you know, I have a 13 year old Malachi, that, uh, son Malachi that, that, that plays basketball. And I told him, like, you know, uh, I get it. You might not get it right now. You're young, but really just enjoy these years as, you know, as you go up to middle school and high school, because here we are grown men and we, we, we can literally feel those moments and relive them still, you know, <laughs> you know, out of all, all of them, those are really like, moments that you're gonna you're gonna remember forever and uh and honestly probably you know biggest highlights of even even your playing career i mean think about that I, exactly i can hear it right now through your voice on uh how you probably could still see those moments right now yeah it was like, actually i was thinking i was like gosh what else is there but i did have one my first dunk was on jermaine die who ended up going playing baseball he was at wilson yeah. wood he played baseball for like yeah. chicago white Sox or something um, yeah, I smashed on that dude. That was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, he's, he obviously went on to do big things. So that's awesome. But, uh, yeah, I just, I love, I mean, man, I just, you know, like just even being on the bus back then and, and, you know, clowning each other and just, you know, just, just being, you know, or getting just the coach telling you to sit with him cause he wants to go over stuff with you or, you know, you just even being, you know, pissed off on the bus cause you didn't 
you, you know, you got taken out in the situation or whatever. I mean, just the, as I reflect back, man, just all the moments being in, you know, back in the day, I mean, we used to actually, you know, you take showers and, and, you know, we'd have, I mean, it was crazy. I think about, it, I'm like, I don't know why maybe our newspaper was the daily Republic and the back of the reporter. And there was just different, there was like the Chronicle. I mean, people would come in, but we always had reporters in our locker room. And I think about, you know, just stuff like that. It was just, it was just hilarious. I mean, it was just, we just had too much fun and, and, uh, and we just uh, did it, and we just—I mean, I think winning. You know, we won a lot, so winning always makes things a lot, <laughs> a lot better, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'm with you on that. Let's get into your recruitment while in high school. Um, I, I know you know uh, you you eventually went to Solano uh, for, uh, for for your junior college, but were there any interests at any point or any offers during your high school career? I did towards towards the towards my senior year between um, my coaches. I think I want to say like Coach Dahl. And uh, Joe Vanetti and just um, Coach Dahl, you know, grew up in the area, played at UOP and stuff like that. And I think just all his connections, he just, you know, him and I never in high school <clears throat> to this day. I mean, I haven't talked to him in a long time. But again, that's one of those things where I would you would probably look I would probably have told you as a young man and been like, man, I'm I just once I graduate from high school, I'm just me and this <clears throat> me and this man are not going to we're not going to be buddies, you know, we're not going to get along. And, and of course, as a kid, you don't really think that way too much. Anyways, you just get out and you're thinking, I'm not going to talk to this dude no more. And I, man, I, I can appreciate him and thankful and grateful for him so much. And, and we've connected along the way. He's been very supportive um, of my coaching career and, and just everything that's been going on in my life. So, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think those guys really worked hard to, to get me out there. And I started playing AU and stuff a little bit later in my junior, senior year. And um, a lot of small schools at the time, like uh, Cal State Bakersfield, I, I would say was the most serious at the time coming out of high school. But um, I just had a lot of D2s and small schools. And so that's kind of why I chose the, the JC route. Gotcha, man. And then <clears throat> when, 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 so going the JC route, uh, you know, talk to me about that, that initial adjustment uh, to junior college basketball, you know, as opposed to high school ball. You I mean, you were played, you played on a very, you know, loaded team, played some top talent. Um, how was that transition? Was it was it smooth based on the fact that you played against high, high caliber players already, or, or or was that competition level a step up from what you what you had experienced prior? Uh, it was it was I would say JC ball was of course a step up. I mean, it was it wasn't a huge jump, but it was it was it was perfect for someone like me because it, it allowed me to develop. I was a late bloomer. Uh, like you had uh, alluded to earlier. And, and like I said, I, I still was growing. I was still figuring myself out. Um, it allowed me at the time, um, what a lot of people wouldn't know, obviously, is I had a, I had a girlfriend, uh, a pretty serious girlfriend. And, and she, and while I was in junior college and she ended up passing away, um, kind of a freak deal, um, but uh, an accident that, sh that happened. But with that, that just kind of made me really just, you know, you just question everything. You start to question everything at a young age probably what uh, some, you know, a lot of people have those stories, but, but I feel like um, not to get too crazy with it, but, but to be real, it's just a, uh, you know, straight talk is, is just, is just the death. You know, I, I experienced a lot of death uh, in my life at a young age, especially. And so it just made you appreciate life. It made you really analyze and look and kind of almost along the way as you're being coached and taught good things from <clears throat> parents and, and family and coaches, you, you kind of are reprogramming yourself because you're really experiencing life firsthand. And then of course, then death, you're getting someone who you love taken away from you. And so I think that goes for anything. Your, your, you know, your family, people, you know, life, it goes for jobs. It goes for, you know, basketball, for sports, things you love 
and to have those things, <clears throat> even if it's not necessarily death, it's just a, a transition or it's some kind of challenge. But I think it just really, like you said, that again, all that was contributing to my basketball IQ. And, uh, and I think, uh, you know, it was really helping me become, I mean, just, I mean, between my freshman to my sophomore year, <clears throat> I went from getting my, in college, I went from getting recruited, um, like I said, to D2s, D3s, NAIs, whatever, going to JC ball to becoming like, like having USC and Indiana and, and schools like that, St. Mary's University of San Francisco. I mean, all those schools were coming in to watch me play. Wow, that's huge, man. That's a big difference. Uh, touching base on what you're saying, no, I mean, it, it did sound like that. You know, a lot of this stuff is actually first time, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm finding out about this stuff when it comes to, you know, your, your, your dad, you know, passing away at a, a young age and, you know, especially at that, uh, well, death is, is difficult. A death to a, uh, someone close to you is difficult at any time, but especially at a younger age, you know, your, you know, high teens, low 20s. Uh, it impacts you different, you know, and I think it definitely gives you perspective and actually it could go both ways. You know, I'm pretty sure you and I both know individuals that, you know, have experienced death with a close family member or friend, someone close to them, and it actually uh, led them the wrong way, unfortunately. And so it sounds like with you, though, um, all these changes and all the stuff that was going on, you know, when it comes to your life and, you know, having close people unfortunately leave you it, it, it had you appreciate more what you had and kind of if anything and i said you correct me if i'm wrong on this one is that kind of had you uh laser focus a little bit more at the task at hand maybe appreciate things a little bit more what yeah 100 it, it's uh yeah it, it goes both ways and everybody has their stories and uh, my story's no no better or worse than anybody else it's just everyone's got different stories and and I just think what I was able to do because of the adults and, and the people in my life, family and coaches, sports, especially, I mean, um, let alone my family, but, um, but it just, you know, it was able to just, you know, my, like kind of that test became my testimony. So people, it's funny because, you know, a lot of things you say in your life, you kind of become cliche-ish, but to, to, but, you know, if you listen to those people, you could tell the people that really own it, the people that really understand what they're mm -hmm. saying. And, uh, and that was, that was me. I mean, I just think I started to really appreciate, uh, all walks of life and just really started to get in. That's when just, I realized like, man, the mentality, the mentality of anything is just so huge. And absolutely, man. I, I agree with you hundred percent on that. So you named some big schools, uh, that were looking at you, you know, from someone that was, a you know, I guess late bloomer or, you know, touted by some, you know, smaller D2 schools to now, you name some, you know, pretty, you know, pretty big schools, pretty prominent programs. Uh, talk to me about, you know, that next step and what ultimately led you to Vanguard. Uh, there has to be a story behind that with all these schools looking at you. Talk to me about that. Yeah, there, there is. Um, but again, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I was, my sophomore year at Solano was amazing. Like I, I came out, I mean, from the get, from the first scrimmage, I mean, the first, the everything, I mean, and so going back to, what I really, I mean, this is just something that's really stuck with me. So some I probably haven't said a lot, but I really got off on being now like six, eight, you know, six, eight, a legit six, eight, just being a, a just getting in the gym, being a, a well-built guy. And I was always built strong and just to run with the guards. Like I, you know, we have a thing, you know, the kids, anybody who listens to this or, you know, like Erica Bean, who you, we interviewed or anyone who played for me 898s and believe it or not that came from my playing days I know the kids think I just made that up but 
um, it's basically down and back is one and it's uh, you got to do eight of them in 98 seconds in a minute and 38. And I used to run those with the guard. I even would be the first one done. And, you know, you're talking about college level guys. We had a really good junior college team. A lot of guys got scholarships, <clears throat> got full rise on that team. And, and I just got off on being, I, I never wanted to just be big and strong. I always wanted to be quick. I wanted to be, you know, and that's even when I was playing, um, that's back in the day when, when there started to become, I, w I, I just, I think I was understanding that, you know, I wanted to be a six, eight guy. I wanted to bang. I love physical play, but I also wanted to shoot it. I wanted to dribble it. I mean, I wanted to just, I just wanted to learn the whole game. You know, I wanted to lead the team in every category and, you know, especially assists. And I mean, I love that. I love dropping people dimes. And so that's just kind of my sophomore year. I mean, I played in the post. I played, you know, power, anywhere from small power forward to a center, depending on what we had. We had a seven foot on our team, things like that. It just depends on lineups. But I mean, I love bringing the ball down. I was always a trail man, um, always loved putting the threes up. But I, I loved getting into trying to bang on somebody. And that wasn't people who knew me. Like in high school, I was kind of timid. I was like, I didn't, I mean, I was tough and strong and, and had a good, strong mentality, but I just wasn't sure of myself. And so, my, as I got into college, my coach, Jerry Miller, I mean, he just, he just, I don't know, man, he's just the mic whisperer. He, he, uh, he, um, he just brought it out of me and uh, I just couldn't, you know, but so what happened is that's when my girlfriend had passed away and I saw that happen. And so I just, I just said, oh, I'm not going to play basketball anymore. And so a lot of schools stayed on me. And then what happened is I, my mom was doing the best she could. I'm sorry. I know I'm kind of going in here, but uh, anyways, long story short again is, is uh, basically all the big schools started, you know, questioning, like, I don't know, but where's his, where's his mind? Where, where's he at? Mm. You know, things like that. And so people started to kind of drop off. Then what happened, <clears throat> which is again, something I just didn't have those knowledgeable people like that in my corner, besides maybe coach Miller and some of my coaches on the staff and stuff. And, and maybe some, my friends were of course encouraging me and stuff, but they didn't know like red shirting and all that. And I was like, I'm not red shirting, you know, like USC, George Ravelin, and all those guys who came out, they were like, oh, well, we'll still keep him on, but we'll give him like a partial scholarship and we'll redshirt him. And then we'll see what, you know, kind of if he rebounds, kind of what, how's he come? Well, I didn't, at the time I was just, I was like, no, I want to play. You know, once I decided to play, my coach came to me one day, came to my house and Jerry Miller and said, you know what, Mike, you need to, you need to, I understand you're in pain, but you need to live your life for those that have gone in honor of those that have gone before you. And that will always stick with me. And I was like, wow, yeah, that's cool. You know, to, to, to kind of do your life. It's not meaning that you got to do everything right. It's just, you know, that you have a good heart, you're a good person, that you're, you're really striving to be the best you can. You're gonna make mistakes along the way, but you know, to live your life in honor of those that have gone before you, I, that just really hit me. And so I, mm -hmm. it just took me a minute, but then, you know, um, it, you know, a few games, I just remember the game I came back, of course, you know, I want to say I dropped like 50. I mean, <clears throat> I, I was going off and then it just kind of after that, I, I hit a couple lows where I only scored like, you know, 10, 15 points. Um, and then I started to pick it up again. You know, it just took time to get over the pain of, of losing my girlfriend at the time. Gotcha, man. Gotcha. So, which all makes sense. Like I said, uh, yeah, there's definitely different aspects. That's good that you mentioned that when it comes to uh, the players, parents actually as well, really educating themselves on a different process. You hit up on, hit on a few things there when it comes to, you know, the, the other aspects of it, red shirting and, you know, the partial scholarship, there's, there's always a lot more behind it than what people realize, you know? Uh, so when, when, when you see certain players 
going to certain schools, you know, or, or they were coveted by, you know, a Pac-12 school, well, now Pac-12 school or whatever it may be, you know, and they, 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 they chose not to go that route or, I mean, I don't want to go on, on a complete side note, but, but I mean, like, if they even choose the, you know, a national JUCO route instead of, you know, a, you know, a small D1 or mid-major, there's always, there's always stories behind that. There's always something, you know, behind it. Um, and like I said, and if you don't know that type of stuff, uh, it could hurt you. You know, because I mean, this, let's just be honest, you know, a, uh, you know, being redshirted at, at USC with George Ravlin at the time probably wouldn't have been the worst thing. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, you know, what's crazy. I was just thinking about this. I don't know how old he is. Was that near Harold Miner's time? Was- hey, quick break here. Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but we'll get right back to it. Just want to know, are you looking to improve your health and fitness? Are you looking for a trainer to help you guide you along the way? We'll look no further. Check out Ruben Hernandez of Relentless Strength and Sports Performance. Ruben is a trainer whose purpose is to help you make positive changes in your lifestyle and improve your quality of life. His goal is to educate you on how simple changes in your daily habits can help you look and feel great. Ruben is an upcoming trainer who is passionate about helping you reach and achieve your goals. He is dedicated to making your training experience unique and specific to you. He specializes in functional movements, so whether you're looking to build muscle, lose weight, or improve your overall movement, he can help you do it all. He is located in the northern Sacramento area in his own private facility. You can check him out on Instagram at Ruben7Hernandez. Feel free to contact him through direct message or call him at 209-406-7028. Again, that's 209-406-7028. If you have any questions or to schedule your first session, mention Straight Talk with Straight Hand and receive 50% off. Yes, you heard it right, 50% off your first session. So what are you waiting for? Head on over and book your first session with Ruben and make sure to give him a follow on Instagram at Ruben 7 Hernandez. That's R-U-B-E-N, the number 7, H-E-R-N-A-N-D-E-Z on Instagram. Go change your life. Is Harold Miner around there? Uh, it was, it would have been, I would have been, he would have been, he would, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think because Harold Miner, I do remember, you know, we played against him in some things and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. He was, yeah, he was, yeah, it was about that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the young fellas out there, they, they don't know about that. Look up Harold Minor, man. Baby Jordan. You'll Baby see Jordan, him. yeah. Baby Jordan. They turn, out, they, they turn out to be much, but you'll see him. He did a, you know, he won a slam dunk contest, left, a left-handed Baby Jordan. You check him out. But anyways, so talk to me about Vanguard, though. So what ultimately led you to, uh, you know, Vanguard out of all the schools that, you know, that, that you had recruiting you? Yeah, what's crazy is um, I started getting these letters from, <laughs> which is cool. Again, it just helps me, helps, it helped me long Long run, it helps help me be a better coach, a better, you know, uh, uncle, a better dad, a better, you know, whatever, a better, you know, a, a better son. I don't know, just a better friend. Um, so what it did is I started getting all these letters from like, uh, like Hawaii Pacific, Hawaii Hilo, from, you know, Mercy, just these schools, Cal Poly, Pomona, I don't know, just you name Cal State, like I said, Cal State Bakersfield, like all these. And then, you know, we'd get some, I don't know, there was a few schools that were like, at the time, they were like, you know, nationally ranked, like this one, like, you know, NAIA championship, like Azusa Pacific, and then Van- Vanguard, Southern California College at the time, you know, Concordia, um, you used to name it Cal Baptist. I'm like, what are these schools? And then all my friends are like, oh, they're reading some of the recruitment letters and things. And, you know, all the, I mean, I have still to this day, I've, just because I moved into this house a couple years ago and, and uh, went through all, you know, you just, you don't realize what you have packed up right in, in the closet and so just all these letters and stuff and they're like oh you're gonna go be a you're gonna go be you know a, a disciple of jesus and all this because you know there are a lot of private schools and they're like talking about you got to go to 
and, and you know, gotta go. I, I love my relationship with God, and I'm very secure in it. And, and you know, like I said, I'm you know by far I'm I'm a I'm a little you know born in sin and and living trying to live live a good life. But uh, it's uh, it's just interesting though because you know through all your your trials tribulations you know through all your challenges as a young man you kind of you know I mean I was one of those guys who who loved Jesus but kind of got away from that. So it was kind of interesting how I started. <laughs> my friends were good good people not everybody was of course on fire christians or even attended church or even religious and so anyways long story short i my guard from the year before dane and bryant went to layla marymount and the coach i think the coach got fired or something happened so he ended up um transferring to vanguard and he was a stud there and then oh and then so then when i get there the next year i, I actually medical register I, I get hurt hip uh, tear my inside hip flexor and so I medical registered. So I didn't even get, but the whole thing was basically to go play with him because he's a stud point guard. That's, you know, he used to just drop dimes and give me the rock and make me look good. And um, anyways, that's, I ended up in it. Plus, I don't know if you've been out to Vanguard, it's in Costa Mesa. It's like, you know, Newport Beach, Orange County. Um, Beautiful. I mean, yeah, I ended up staying down there. Once I graduated, I was just like, that's the spot. And I still go down there like weekly. But anyways, it's, uh, yeah. So that's kind of how I ended up at Vanguard. Yeah, like you had mentioned, you know, first year limited to four games, had a red shirt, but obviously, you know, had had some had great success out there. Uh, you know, your two years. Uh, talk to me about you know campus life. I mean, you kind of a, you kind of described it a little bit when it comes to your surroundings. Talk to me about campus life, being an athlete and uh, in, in one of the big men on campus. Uh, we, I mean, you know, just I mean, it is what it is. We, I got out there. And we tore that place up. We were like, <laughs> I mean, it was it was funny because it was so what it was is it was a, a little school with a big school feel. I mean, basketball was everything there. We had a ridiculous team. We had like our whole team, my, all the years I was there, our whole team was all like pretty much D1 kickbacks. Like and then the freshmen, uh, you know, whether they registered or they played, they were always stud freshmen that were from, you know, because Vanguard smaller. So any freshmen you really got that were studs, they were more from the area. And so they just wanted to stay close to home. And our coach, Bill Reynolds at the time, uh, he's now passed on. Um, but he was just, I mean, he was basically like a part-time coach. It was kind of a, a interesting situation. Um, but man, I mean, just to be able to play, like we would literally, I mean, you know, down there, it just, it was just, yeah, it was crazy. But yeah, you had to go to chapel three days a week. And I got all sorts of stories about that. And I was just like, you know, I was kind of like, just like I said, my girlfriend, I passed away the year before and I was just kind of, you know, finding myself again, kind of reinventing myself and trying to figure out. And I was young when I graduated high school, I was only 17. Um, and so pretty much then was in and out of the house through my JC days. Cause you know, we had a house with the, with the other guys in the team. And then I would kind of, you know, so I was already kind of on my, you know, on my own with a lot of support from my family and friends, uh, my mom, especially, uh, was still always there for me but you know to get a scholarship to Vanguard and Vanguard gave me a full ride and uh, so that was that was a big deal to me to help you know kind of felt accomplished to to pay for my school instead of my mom but then my mom you know she took care of me and stuff and so instead of of course paying thousands and thousands of dollars for tuition she was able to help me with other things you know give me a little allowance and things like that so we just I mean I'll be honest with you we got there we um, I lived in the dorms the first year and then after that, I moved into an apartment and I moved into a house with the tennis team. 
because uh, I was like, you know, I love the basketball guys. Like I said, I was always a team leader, always captain, things like that. That was another thing. I was just always a leader. I just always felt like, you know, I always looked out for my guys and stuff. So I was the captain there. And I just, you know, you spend so much time with the basketball guys, nothing against them. I love them. I always have them at my house and everything, but I didn't want to live with them. So I, I realized, oh, the tennis team's really good at Vanguard. We had like the number one ranked tennis team in the nation. And they were all from like, a lot of them were from different countries, but they were just awesome. And then, you know, they're overseas guys. So they just pulled all the ladies and stuff. So I was like, man, this is a good deal. And then they were from different countries. So they partied all the time. So I was like, man, I'm going to go live with these dudes. These dudes are fun. They're cool. <laughs> so, yeah, man. Hey, man. No, that's straight talk right there, brother. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, uh, you know, good guys. They knew how to party. It's college years, you know, you know, you know, uh, Sounds like a good time. Don't threaten me with yeah. a good time, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I mean, you know, it's just crazy because I say that and I, you know, I know I got, you know, kids that'll probably hear, but you know, it was honestly like, I, I never, I mean, I was a straight shooter. I mean, even as I got older and maybe experienced with drugs, alcohol, whatever, the season was like taboo. No, you don't touch anything. You don't do anything. You give yourself, you know, and I mean, anybody who knows me, I've always been, in, I've always been fit and in shape. I mean, I've been blessed, man. I just, you know, maybe I could, you know, I was always, you know, I'm, I'm always late to everything. Everybody, anybody who knows me knows that. But I just, I, I was committed. So I just, you know, as I did start to venture out more, um, as like I said, I was, you have to remember, I was, what, in my junior year, junior year, not even 21 yet, you know? So it's like, you can only do so much until you turn 21 anyways. But uh, anyways, it was just, you know, it was just, it was crazy. But I will tell you, when you get into college and people see that, you just, you just, you, you're like, so I, my mind was blown just to see my roommate. I will say this: he, this dude had hops. He could, he was quick. He was from Skagit Valley, up in Washington, or up in uh, yeah, up in Washington. And uh, man, he could jump out of the gym. Uh, white dude that could just get. I mean, he's still to this day I would consider a really good friend. But he, um, man, that guy would drink like a fish. And I almost thought he played better when he was when he had a couple forties in him. And that's uh, crazy. That's, yeah, that is crazy. And I was <laughs> like, but I don't know. I could never do it. But I'm telling you, man, you just, I mean, you know, the stories and stuff and people, yeah. you know, but that's what I love. That's what I, I'm sorry. Cause I guess, you know, yeah, we could talk about basketball and everything. And I was killing it. I was leading the league and rebounding. I was, you know, a starter. I was team captain. I mean, our team was nationally ranked. Like it was just, it was awesome. The gym was packed. It was, the gym would get so packed because it was a small gym. It's called the pit they had closed circuit TV in the dining commons and in the lounge area because overflow people were in the streets waiting to get in. Cause we were so, so much fun. I mean, we were, we had some high flyers. Like I said, we were all D one kickbacks. We were killing folks. We were having so much fun. No, that's awesome, man. It's, it definitely sounds like you, uh, you know, had a great uh, college experience out there, you know, for your time out there, both on and off the court, which, which is obviously, you know, definitely a, a good thing. Uh, talk to me about this, though. So before we get into, you know, the Bradshaw Christian story, talk to me about the opportunity that you had to, uh, you know, to further your career and, you know, play overseas once your college career uh, was done. H how did that all come about? Well, it was kind of like high school. It was like going my high school into my into junior college. I was kind of watching my other friends get, you know, big time scholarships, going to St. Mary's or USF or, you know, the Air Force Academy or something and uh, just going different places. And then kind of coming out of Vanguard and going into um, going, you know, now going into life, per se, you know, having to, to actually adult. Um, 
and it's like man I had some again I was blessed to be around you know like you said I mean I was playing I mean the thing is what people don't, also don't realize is you're down in Southern California and I was a gym rat so I mean I was always I mean you got to think Vanguard well we you know we always I I mean I don't know how you know just that's you know God whatever just or just being who I am so I mean I was always at UC Irvine we leave UC Irvine Vanguard had open runs we go to Long Beach to the Pyramid. We go out to UCLA and run. We go to Cal State Fullerton. Some of the, you know, sometimes local high schools with some guys would get the keys and you kind of knew where to go, where, you know, I mean, you know, I got to play with, I mean, you know, the likes of a Kobe Bryant, Derek Fisher, Sean Rooks, you know, I mean, guys are in the gym, AC Green, I mean, Magic Johnson to, you know, at the time, uh, Cameron Dollar and, and the whole UCLA crew, when they were, you know, Tyus, Ed, Tyus Edney and the O'Bannon brothers, and you know, like like we were talking earlier, Shea Cotton. I mean, it was just crazy. So all these dudes are like getting, you know, talking about contracts and scholarships and agents and all this. And I was like, man, I, I need to do this. And then just guys would see my hustle and my grind, and just, you know, it was crazy because I remember I met Bo Outlaw. And me and Bo, we kind of went, we went over and did a, a like a workout over at the Clippers organization. They gave me all the gear and everything. It was kind of cool. And I, I mean, honestly, I, I put a, I put a butt whooping on him, but it was just, you could tell, like, it was like, I was what they already had. They already had like a Bo Kimball and those type of guys and, and things like that. So it was like, it's not always that you're not good enough or you're not, it's just the right fit. It's a business now. So, but that opened up opportunities for me to go play overseas. I got, I ended up um, an agent. Uh, I ended up Don Mead. He was working with the Clippers. He ended up uh, introducing me to some guys, and and I got a chance to go play in Ireland in the Super League. Gotcha, so was- gotcha. So I know, I know, uh, you you got the chance to go play in Ireland, but you also got a chance to play in the Philippines as well, correct? Yeah, the Philippines. Yeah, Philippines is amazing. Talk to me about this then. How how was it the the feeling that you that you had? knowing that you're getting paid to play the game that you love. I mean, at that point, I mean, how amazing is that? It, it is. It's, it's really cool. I mean, it's just now you have to grow up. Um, you know, I, like I always had a good head on my shoulder. Like I said, I know I'm, I'm talking about more of the things that, you know, life and, and you know, don't get me wrong. I mean, I have, I've, to this day, I'm, I'm always going to be, you know, I'm always going to have fun and, and do it my way. But um, I just felt like, you know, I still, I still was, <clears throat> if you look up in the, in the, you know, on the banners in Vanguard and at Solano and stuff, I was always on the all academic teams. Um, I was always doing community stuff. I mean, I was just involved. Like I just really like getting involved. So it was, um, it was just like, I mean, being, you know, just being in the Philippines and just getting a chance, like, you know, well, in the Philippines, I'll tell you, like, you're like an NBA superstar over there. People, the, the people over there are the most, I mean, I've gotten a chance to travel the world and, and across the United States and stuff. And I have never met more hospitable people, nicest people in the world. And you know, what's cool about the Philippines is they run on Mike Rubel time. So everything's late. If you got to go to a wedding <laughs> or something, I'm not joking. One time, uh, uh, one of my teammates was getting married and he was having his wedding. He said, my wedding's at one. And I got there at like, you know, 1230 me, you know, and, and they didn't start the wedding till like three thirty, four o'clock. <laughs> and that was yeah, okay man. with everybody. That was okay with everybody. Nobody had a problem with it. Anyways. Yeah. That was funny. Yeah. Let me ask you this here before, you know, like I said, we pivot and get to Bradshaw Christian. What type of success were you able to have actually on the, uh, on the court uh, while, during your time overseas or just playing professionally? 
again, it just, it just, it just the the matriculation, just everything, just transferred over. I mean, it was funny now to watch. I remember uh, in Ireland, I remember having a guy that came from South Carolina. I had another guy come from Alabama that played at these like huge D one schools. And I mean, just to watch their work ethic and just to, I mean, just to really have, I mean, just have, I just had, it just was like, I was so excited to meet them and be with them. And we shared a flat together. And then at the Philippines, you know, in the Philippines, you get like a, you know, you get all the amenities and stuff because the third world country you can't drive. So you got to have people driving you and people kind of watching out for you and stuff. So like I said, you get treated like a superstar over there. Um, but to watch these guys come from different schools and, you know, like they would come and you'd go, oh, he's 6'10 and he's huge. And then to watch how lazy he was and how much he was just a baby. And it was just to watch like these other countries back then, it was like, you know, you always, it was kind of, this is what they would say is like, you're, you're allowed to have two Americans per team. Well, you know, today the game's so global and it's so much competitiveness that's spread across the world that nowadays that's not even a thing anymore. People don't care if you're American or not. I mean, it's still, you know, and plus there's just way more opportunities to play, but it was just so cool to just be, you know, just be there. Um, my teams were always, like I said, I always got a chance to play for really competitive teams in Ireland. It was a super league. It's new. It's, it's crazy now, the, the, you know, cause in Ireland it was kind of like, they didn't really care about basketball. We're in the Philippines. They love, they cherish basketball. And so it was kind of like crazy to see the both worlds. And then now, it was kind of cool to know that you were kind of a pioneer without knowing it, that the Super League in Ireland has now become, you know, it's now part of the FIBA, you know, it's part, I mean, yeah, the, the, the Federation, the International Federation for Basketball and stuff. So now they're, they're going and playing, you know, other teams across the globe. And so to watch yourself, I played for UC Marion, And so that was a real cool experience. So, and same thing with Philippines, just, just awesome. Yeah, uh, you know, basketball is definitely a global sport. And I know for the Philippines, I know, you know, I can speak up personally because, uh, you know, being out being out there and actually my uncle being affiliated with a couple of the PBA teams out there, a ball is literally life out there, man. They, 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 and you are treated like a superstar. Those guys, you know, uh, you know, I know a couple of people here locally that actually have been playing out there for years now. And there's a reason why they still haven't came back. You know, they get treated like a king. Obviously, get paid very well. And competitions got you know a lot better. I had a, uh, you know, and, and the PBA has just grown, just like every everything, every other. You know, it seems like uh, basketball, uh, professional basketball in every other country. So um, that's really awesome that you got the chance to experience that um, and see how the game, you know, how the game. Is, is love, not just out where, you know, United States, but, you know, and beyond, you know, and you got to experience different cultures and it sounds like just meet, meet great people, man. So that's awesome. And like I said, and at the end of the day too, I always say this um, when I, whenever I get a guest that actually has an opportunity to make it to that level is that it's always a blessing though. It's always a blessing to get paid to play a kid's game. You know, I don't care how, how you say, whether, whether you're a millionaire or not, the fact that you can make a living, a career by playing a kid's game, um, that's something that not too many people get get opportunity to do, you know, and you got a chance to do that. So congrats on that, brother. Yeah, no, thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Let's uh, let's definitely pivot and uh, let, let's uh, let's get into your Bradshaw Christian story, man. So you were the athletic director there for 17 plus I mean, 17 years. You know, I had a huge role on, on the school, you know, getting it off the ground, building a very strong athletic program. Uh, you know, I know for a while, I mean, to me, you, you were the face, face of that whole school, the program. How did that partnership, how did that opportunity even come about? How, how did that, how did, you know, give me the Bradshaw Christian story. How, how did that come together? Yeah. Um, well, I, I, uh, yeah, at the time, I mean, I was, um, 
I was married um, and my wife and I uh, were moving out here. We lived in Southern California and I remember I was in the Philippines and basically my wife, uh, she was, you know, she was, we were looking for homes and kind of decided, you know, we wanted to start a family and come out here to Southern Cal or to up to Northern California. Her family lived in Sacramento. My family lived in the Bay area. And uh, so yeah, all that long story short is basically like we, I came out here, I started working at Kasumnas, uh, was actually really thinking I was going to be the next coach at Kasumnas River. Um, coach Clark was uh, getting ready to, at the time, was getting ready to hand over the reins. Um, he was battling cancer and he was just thinking, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I want to kind of be able to name my successor and whatever. Um, all that though, I didn't have my master's yet. I just had my my bachelor's in, in business finance. And so I was, you know, started my master's program. And anyways, all that to say is, uh, yeah, we got out here and and uh, Coach Clark uh, unfortunately passed away. And, and that tremendous, man, I because I, I, I had played against him, of course, at Solano, played Kasunas River, played against Kasunas River, and then to get a chance to meet him and work with him and things and just some of the stuff. Well, anyways, I met a, a uh, gentleman had known the owner, founder of the school, Carl Eastfold at Bradshaw. And so he introduced me to him and said, Hey, I think, you know, this is, and he said, they're getting ready to launch. They want to, they want someone to come in and build their athletic program. They're getting ready to, you know, build a high school and all this. So I kind of thought, oh, okay, well, cause I always saw myself coaching college, um, college basketball. And so I was like, okay, well, let me go over here and, and see. Cause at the time I was, you know, just moved and was done playing Thought, thought for the most part I was done playing basketball because that's one of the things I will tell you. It is awesome to play the kids' sport like that, to play basketball, but some brothers need to know when to quit, man. It's like dudes, <laughs> dudes, be, dudes be living their hoop dreams like no business. I'm like, come on, man. you That, that was yesterday, man. That's not today, though. We got it. You know, so that was me. I was like, I, I didn't want to stay overseas making it, it wasn't like it is now. You know, you can go make millions of dollars over there. That Back then, you know, back when I was playing, you can make good money, but you had to be like, you know, you had to be like a form. You had to have like some NBA experience or you just had to, you had to be able to really live that life and really, you know, take a gamble. I wanted to, I was like, man, I'm not, I'm not making money. I'm not making a name for myself. I want to just get back. And plus I like large pizzas that were actually large pizzas. I didn't want to, you know, I'm not joking. Quick story. I ordered my first time I ever ordered food out and, and the pizza delivery, they had a Domino's pizza in Ireland and they brought a pizza and ordered two, <laughs> two, two largest and they were smalls. And he said, no, these are largest. And I was like, no, they're small. He literally went to his truck, said, how many pieces do you have in your truck? And he was like, I don't know. I got like four more deliveries. I got like 20 pizzas. I said, I'll buy them all from you. I got all 20 <laughs> pizzas and we ate them. Me and three other guys on the team ate all 20 pizzas. <laughs> That's uh, crazy. But that was just, but yeah, that was just, um, so at Bradshaw Christian, I, I met Carl Eastfold. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to go help this little country school out. And it's funny because people will laugh at that, that are part of the, the crew over there because that's I just always thought of it as a little country school and more, man that school gave so much more to me than I ever probably imagined I've given to that school um I, I learned so much working there and it was funny along the way because along the way I did get other high schools once I started they started to see what I was about and stuff and I was working with kids in the community and stuff I got other high schools were like oh you should come over here and coach bigger high schools in the area schools down south um and then even colleges you know colleges were um you know, I had a lot of friends who were coaching at the college level and they wanted me to come on. And I just, something just kept drawing me back to Bradshaw Christian. Um, it's, just, it's just a, it's just an awesome place. It, it really is a cool place. 
Yeah, you're not kidding though, but because back when you opened that up, I remember my brother was the first to move out here in Elk Grove, and I remember, I remember how to get to his house by, you know, I went down. Oh shoot, actually it was Bradshaw. I went down Bradshaw until I hit the stop sign. Then I made a right. You know, that's how I right, knew right. how yeah. to get to his. That's how I knew how to get to his house. And uh, it's crazy, but you're right. It, it did feel like the country back then. Talk to me about the process of starting the uh, athletic program there. It was, you know, it's crazy because we weren't affiliated with CIF, anything. I mean, we had to go through all the process. We had, to, and, and here I am, you know, I, I was, I was, I had a business degree. I was, I was always, like I said, a student of the game and always had a real high basketball IQ and just sports in general. I was just, I was just a sports guy. Like I just, you know, basketball wasn't my thing. I mean, I always played tennis and everything. So it was kind of cool football. Um, always like to go out and, and swing the bat and play catch and stuff with baseball, but so it was just, uh, and I always was in, uh, Bob Wilson, uh, was the AD at, um, was the AD at, uh, Vanguard. And he used to be the head coach at Hawaii, Hawaii Hilo. And, um, anyway, so he had recruited me, but then I ended up at Vanguard that he ended up at Vanguard as AD. And then, so, and, uh, Ron Prettyman, who also was the Vanguard at, or the AD at Vanguard before, um, Ron Prettyman was before Bob Wilson. So anyways, I was just always in their office and always getting a chance to pick their brain and stuff. So it just translated. So then I was getting my master's in sports administration. Um, and so it just kind of all went along. And yeah, just, uh, man, the process was crazy. We had, we had no high school. The high school was just, was, wasn't even built yet. Um, we had no, fre our first class, freshman class was 17. I don't even know if it was 17 kids. Our first graduating class at Bradshaw was 17 kids. Um, so, you know, you can't do a whole lot when you just have 17 kids in a freshman class. So we had to be patient and just, you know, as bad as I wanted something or to do something, I, I just had to be patient. So I didn't even coach the first year or two. And then we finally got enough kids, freshmen, sophomore, every, every year we added a grade and, uh, finally had enough to start getting high school sports. We got affiliated with CIF. Um, we also had to, you know, um, we had to, uh, you know, get affiliated with CIF. We also had to join a league. So there was just all these processes, paperwork, things like that. Um, just, you know, being meeting people um, and just wanting to position yourself in the right places. So that's kind of where, where all that started. Sounded like a lot, a lot of work, uh, you know, getting off the ground. But uh, once you got the ball rolling, that, you know, it, it really – kind of you know the success expedited itself when it comes to you know getting up and running uh you had a lot of success coaching you know while at Bradshaw but one thing that you were really known for was uh what you were able to do with the women's basketball program uh you know what made you decide to focus on the women's program uh, on that side yeah you know what's crazy is I, I I before I got to Bradshaw I mean I worked with women individually like training them and things like that and and but but college um, level or or probably more serious like girls that were committed, dedicated to basketball. So that was my experience. So I, was, I never saw myself ever working in women's basketball. I mean, I was like, you know, I kind of was a hater, I guess, in a little bit. And then, and you know, what's, what's crazy is I got to Bradshaw and I was coaching both the men's and women's team. But the reason why I, even, I was coaching the men's team and then uh, some parents at Bradshaw, um, they had some, they had, there was like, well, there was main, mainly, well, four families actually, but they had, you know, their daughters. So there was basically four girls that were younger, um, were like six, fifth, sixth, seventh graders. And they were, they were all friends and the families were kind of friends. And so they, 
after I was there a year or two, they came to me and said, hey, what would it take to get you to come over and coach girls basketball? And, and at the time, Bradshaw was just becoming a, a high school. So that we had a lot of talent. We had a lot of kids, you know, that you could tell at a young age were going to be athletes, you know. And so what was the thing was is trying to hold them now because, you know, with all the competitiveness in the schools around here, we are a little Christian country school and we don't even have a gym. We don't even have, I mean, we do, we actually had a nice facility, but <clears throat> we didn't have like our own high school campus. So it was really a lot of work to convince uh, families to one stay and two to convince families even of interest wanting to come in. Cause in the beginning, I mean, I wasn't able to go, you know, and, and recruit kids and, get them to transfer and that was illegal anyways not that i would ever do that but um and, uh, you know just like nowadays how no one really recruits they just end up at your school without you don't know how they got there but um so but that's always fun um how sheldon would take our best kids that was always cool and they did really well with our best kids that's awesome good for sheldon so we always joke that we always we should get we should get a little notoriety at bradshaw for sheldon's championships and all their success i hooked joey rollins up no um just joking that's a totally joke um but anyways with that said is uh yeah we just you know it was just a, it was a process it was really it was building a culture it was really setting the tone and then on top of that i didn't back away from a, a just a demandingness just a you know very much of no you guys you guys are gonna sell out to this and this is what we're gonna do i mean i had families come to me and go what do you mean we're gonna practice at six in the morning what do you mean you're going to do two a days? What, what do you mean you're, wait, 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 we're going to practice on Thanksgiving? Wait, 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 Chris, wait, we can't go away for a week, two weeks for Christmas? I'm like, no, we're going to play in these tournaments. Like, what are you talking about? If we're going to have a good program, we got to get in here and start either getting our butts kicked a little bit and competing, or we got to go in and, and, and kick butt. So anyways, with that, it was just a really, you know, it was interesting. And then sure enough, I, I went and worked with those girls. And really, it was those families, those four families and those girls that made me want to coach girls basketball. I mean, they were studs. They, they were, they would kick the boys butts. They were so, and it wasn't, of course, men, female, male, it was their competitive spirit. It was their drive. It was their IQ. It was their willingness to put in the time, the effort. It was the support of the families. I was like, this is a no brainer. Why would I not coach this? This is this, these, these young ladies are like me as a grown man. I mean, their, their competitiveness is second to none. And so in the family's competitive competitiveness was second to none. No, that's awesome. It sounds like you created uh, the standard, you know, very high. You said that the, the, uh, the expectations really high that, you know, Hey, this is how it's going to be done. Um, and it, you pretty much set, set the tone for, you know, a powerhouse, a powerhouse uh, team, a powerhouse program, which, which is what, you know, you built there. Um, you won the section titles, uh, I believe eight on the girl side, one on the boy side, correct? Uh, so, so you yeah. little correction, correction on, on the emotional <laughs> pick there. I like that. I like that. But, but uh, eight section titles. Uh, you talked about, you know, the league winning streak being counted in years instead of wins. I mean, that's crazy. And it's funny because Erica Bean actually uh, talked about that a little bit as well when she was on the pod. Uh, man, and, and, you know, having that type of dominance, you know, for such a long period of time, you know, what did it take to maintain that? I mean, that's, I mean, you're talking about, I mean, that, that's, I mean, to have a winning program for, you know, a few years in itself is tough to have a program that's dominated, that's just, just so dominant for that long period of time and to literally have a winning streak 
bait. I mean, obviously, <laughs> I mean, that's spoken into, you know, years instead of obviously wins. That's just crazy to hear. You know, what did it take to, to maintain that excellence? Hey, quick break here. Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but we'll get right back to it. Just want to know, are you looking for a barber? If so, come check out Jeremy McGuire, also known as Cuts by Mags, at Puzzles Barbershop, located at 2124 El Camino Avenue in the Sacramento area. Puzzles is a barbershop with great vibes and great barbers. Our goal at Puzzles is to make sure you leave sharper than you walked in. Cuts by Mags is an upcoming barber who is passionate and dedicated to making your cut experience better, cleaner, and long-lasting. He can do it all from razor lineups, tapers, fades, and so much more. More. Make sure to check them out on Instagram at Cuts by Mags or text them at 916-505-2401. Again, that's 916-505-2401. Feel free to reach out. He'll be happy to answer your questions. He is currently by appointment only but has a flexible schedule. Mention Straight Talk with Straight Hand and receive $10 off any service. Looking forward to seeing some new faces and make sure to give him a follow on Instagram at Cuts by Mags. That's C-U-T-Z-B-Y-M-A-G-Z. Uh, it took a lot of, man, it's just, it took a lot of, it took a lot of support. I would say it just, it, it, um, you know, it's just, it's crazy. Cause as you asked that, it's just, it's really, it was tough. It was, it was tough. And, and to be real, um, you know, straight talk, right. Just to be real about it. It just, it was, it was just really tough. It just, there was so many days and nights and weeks that I just wasn't someone's favorite and I, and I just you know you, you want to be like you want to be I, I guess you know well now I mean revered and respected and things like that but but you know I, I didn't you know I think the biggest thing for me it was just hard um, not always being understood or maybe even not maybe yet being young because when I started there maybe I think it was I was 28 or so and and just you know it was just I was full of spite and energy and just I was going to do I and not to say everything I was doing turned out that I was doing great stuff for the team for the school for the program um, but it just it came at a cost you know it was just it was very costly and and I think I I just you know again you know you lean on your relationship with the Lord you you just really appreciate the people who are closest to you and, and just being able to you know uh, decompress and be able to you know just lean on on friends and family, but, you know, I, I would say that the biggest thing was just Bradshaw Christian, the support, I mean, the, from the administration to the families, I mean, there was just, it, it's, it's changed a lot, just the whole landscape of high school sports has changed a lot, um, the privilege and all that, and just the way families kind of are and things, and, and the way the, the just, just got to be careful these days so much more than before, but, um, and just the entitlement, it's just crazy, but, it's, um, you know, it was just the support. I mean, it was just, I just had a support. It came out a challenge. I mean, everything was scrutinized. Everything was looked at, you know, Mike Rubel, why did you order $3,000 worth of t-shirts that say Bradshaw Christian Athletic Department? And I was like, cause we got to market our program. We got to make it cool. We got to make people, you know, we got to redo. I redid our line. I did, did, I did so much. And it was crazy because it, it wasn't like I was, you know, just like a, I'm right, you're wrong type thing. It was, but you did find, I did would find myself getting out there a ways, long ways. And I look behind you, you know, it's the kind of look, you know, if you picture, you look back and you're like, wait, where's everybody at? Why aren't you guys? And they're all looking at me like, um, you know, like 
you're a good guy. We like you, but you're a little bit out there. Like what's going on? And I'm like, no, 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 this is, this is good. Come on, everybody come with me. Kind of like the, the P pipe Piper type thing, you know, like, um, and everyone's going to follow you cause you're going to play their tune. But I wasn't, you know, and I had to learn that and, and it was a great learning lesson, but I, it didn't stop me. I mean, I kept on going, I kept driving, you know, I mean, I, I think I, I was like a bulldozer. I was just rolling over people and, but I was, I was a nice bulldozer. I was like, Hey, if you better get out of the way, if you don't get out of the way, I was like, still good. I was going to truck you, you know, I was just like, all right, it's cool. I really believe in what I'm doing and everything was good. Everything was working out and everything did, but you know, it came at a cost. I would say that's definitely a thing. What I like, what I like, what seems to be the common theme in a lot of these, a lot of your accomplishments is that, you know, you have a hundred percent belief and conviction in what you're doing. And that what I do like is that you're not influenced uh, by others. You know, I always tell people in every relationship, there's always someone that's influencing and there, there's an influencer and there's someone that's, you know, that's being influenced. Right. And uh, it sounds like, uh, you know, whether it came and you had a hundred percent support or you had, like you said, people looking at you like, you know, what are you doing? Uh, you had that, you had that hundred percent belief in, in what you were doing and conviction. And, and eventually, you know, it actually won, it won people over. Cause you know, when you have someone like that, that truly does believe in, you know, what they're doing, uh, what they're saying, their actions. Uh, and then, then, then you get results. I mean, there's, I mean, it's hard to deny that right at that point, you know, when it comes to uh, someone that's on a mission and gets it done. So uh, once again, man, definitely, you know, props and kudos to you on that. Um, talk to me about this. So you guys were, I mean, still it's still a pretty small private school uh do you feel like some of the success that you had while you're there was overlooked uh due to the fact that you weren't necessarily playing you know d1 d2 yeah we heard that all the time you know especially as we started getting more into i mean let's be honest the recruitment of families in the community in the community and stuff i mean it happens it's, it's not anything i didn't go out and i was blamed about it i was very very much you know it wasn't even I shouldn't even say that it's not I don't want to even make it like that I just you know I someone wanted to come play or was interested in Bradshaw then I didn't you know I, I made sure that my my phone was you know they could call me and my door was open and and I think we did a really good job actually of because of, I knew all the rules I you know still to this day I'm very much well versed in, in the CIF rules and CIF is a little bit stringent and has a little too many rules I think than other states but um, as far as the transfer and all that I mean, I think, you know, uh, I've always had to retain my girls for the most part. It wasn't until the end, which we won our D3 championship the last year. Um, it just, you know, it was tough because, you know, just like I said, the landscape was changing. The, the families, great families, amazing families to this day. I mean, I would always, but, you know, it was just tough because they just, I was a, a barker. I was really in your face. I was aggressive. Um, I demanded a lot and, and I, I could tell you that that's why Bradshaw worked because in the beginning they were homegrown, they bought into what we were doing, they were there, they were already established, they were more established in Bradshaw culture and the community than I was, I was new. And so then for me to come in and for these people to trust me and give me, you know, and that's the thing, I wasn't understanding that early on, which I, I learned as I obviously grew and, and matured, but um, you, you just, you, you're building trust with mom and dad and, and the families and, and everyone's family dynamics are different. Some are closer and some have more, more bigger family, you know, more, but bigger families and, and more that comes with them. And some are smaller families, but bottom line is building the trust. And I think that's what we did. Um, we were given a lot of room and, and, and we did well with that room and, and we really did. We really wanted these kids to learn and, and even beyond, I mean, what what's even great is is the success we had on the basketball floor 
in, in the gyms. Yeah, it was, it was, it was crazy, you know, to say, you know, along the way, it's like, but we were, I think what helped us is I would go play St. Mary's. I mean, if you looked at St. Mary's in Stockton, their, their, their schedule, we were always the only small, like as small as we were, we were the only school to ever, and he'd play us year after year after year. And we would, we take our lunch, but you could see as we got better and better, we, we had some better games with them, some closer games with them, you know? No, and I get so, it. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, go ahead. Oh, no, I, go just ahead. Think, I just think our schedule, when you look at, we played in the, you know, a week league, we only could play to, you know, in a league that was, you know, comparable in our school size. But even then, like the, the last league we played in that we're in now, um, you know, we were the, we were two, 300 kids and the closest school to us was like, you know, six, 700 kids. Now don't get me wrong. That's changed a lot. A lot of, a lot of the enrollments have changed and those schools are smaller nowadays. And we've maintained that three to 400 mark, I think I'm pretty sure, but, um, but we are competitive. I don't know if you knew this, but our competitive equity in the CIF and in, in, in the SAC Joaquin section, we had the highest competitive equity. That means based on our teams wow. and the schedules they played and the success we had, we, we basically, what that was saying is we played teams that were bigger than us and we also were having success against them. Man, that speaks volumes right there. That, that's crazy. No, I didn't know that. That's actually, I learned something new. Well, I learned something new every, on every episode, but that's another thing I just learned just now. No, that's awesome. Let me ask you this. A uh, couple more questions on, on this uh, before we conclude with some fun Q&A like to end my, uh, my, pod, my episodes with. But I know you have a plethora of them, but name some of the bigger uh, name players that you were able to coach that ended up playing, uh, you know, big D1, D2, you know, college and maybe even overseas. I know I had obviously one of your stud point guards, uh, Erica Bean on a couple episodes back, but name some other players that, you know, that you were able to, uh, you know, coach during your tenure there. Uh, let's, Erica Bean, let's start there. Like, she's amazing, first of all. Like, but that's what I want to highlight is like, she got it. Like when she got there, she was this frail little thing, like just, <laughs> Like there was no Utah, there was no Pac-12, there wasn't, you know, there was and there wasn't, you know, but her, but again, you go to her, her support, her mom, her dad, her brother, you know, her family, then, you know, he, you know, they're part of a congregation that's just that their extended family. I mean, she had so much support and you could just tell she was such just a well-rounded individual. So there was an attraction there. Like my competitiveness was attracted to her competitive. It's kind of like we both have the Holy Spirit and it's, it's kind of like that thing, you know, it's like, it's like we could get, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not joking. I really do. I think she would agree with this. Is like by her senior year, like we could, I could think something, and she would know what I was thinking. Um, and that's so, amazing. Like, yeah, it is. And then, well, you go to watch. It wasn't. I mean, you know, I was a part of anything. You know, I think sometimes I, I'll never forget the the Daniel being just, you know, getting so mad at me in her senior year because you know here it is, and I'm like benching her in a game we're winning by you know 20, 30 points but it wasn't good enough for me. And I knew we needed her down the road because we had to play that year, Brad, or Brookside Christian. And Brookside was like, their whole starting five was D1 players. And we ended up winning that game. We actually put it to them. And they had that Ar Ariel McDonald or something. She went to Washington. Yeah. She was like, yeah, you yeah. know, and we just put it on her. Anyways, all that to say is it was almost like there wasn't, I, you know, I just knew my girls and I worked hard to get to know them. And I worked hard to just really almost stress them out, like really, because I knew that our, our being so small and a lot of times young, um, we just weren't, you know, we weren't going to get that. So it was almost like I was the pressure. And then when we hit those big games, the pressure didn't get to them. 
Um, but with that, we had uh, Erica Bean, Jordan Bell, who played with Erica. She just tremendous. It's like great basketball players, but like amazing people, like really, really mm. cool, cool young ladies. Um, uh, Ashley Jones, AJ, Lauren Byer, Jordy Smith, Fernandez Espinosa, Fergie, um, Brianna Barnes. I mean, you know, Joey, you know, I mean, uh, Ramia. Like, oh, we just have, yeah, so many girls that were studs. You know, more recently we had, um, we had uh, Cookie Marquez. Cookie, oh my gosh, like that girl could play, by the way. She's at, she's at uh, Folsom Lake. And I'm telling you, she's, she, she um, tore her ACL in our championship oh. game against Christian Brothers. Yeah. And I'm telling you right now, because we got, we got moved to Division Two, and we had to go to Menlo. We were the number one seed. We were the best team, one of the best teams in D3 that year. And they put us up in D2 and put us as the number 16 seed going to play number one seed. And I'm telling you, if we would have had Cookie, because I told everybody was all, you know, even I was a little bit like, what? But anyways, long story short. If we would have had Cookie, we would have beat Menlo. We would have won Division Two State that year. I'm telling you, it just sucks. I mean, what if, right? And you could say, but we first of all, without Cookie, we still almost beat them. We we should have. Um, there was some, you know, just had some, just you know, without Cookie, it was tough. Um, but I'll tell you what, man, Cookie Marquez, that girl could ball out. Um, she's just she's a stud. Again, again, it's basketball is great, but it's what these girls, these young people, have in their minds, their hearts, their souls, like. It's just, they're just, you know, good families like Cookie, another one just has a great support staff. And she's just a stud, you know, they're just studs, man. They're just, they're fun to be around. It's funny because, you know, girls basketball, it's like, oh, power layup and, you know, like, oh, three set shot and stuff like that. I get that. That's why I didn't really like, but man, you get to, you get in with these girls, man, they're studs, man. They bang, they battle, they get after it, get on the floor. I mean, they're, they're, they're beasts. I was just blessed to grow to to coach girls that were just beasts. I mean, they're just they're fun to coach. You know what I love about you when it comes to the girls that you coach, man. And every time I've had the opportunity to talk to you about them, is uh, you know just a sense of pride that you take in and and not only coaching them, but actually you. Pretty much what I'm trying to say is, I always get the sense that they just blessed you so much more, you know. And 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 you always you always make it a point to talk about how great of individuals they are and, and, and outside of basketball you're like hey yeah they're great ball players but let me tell you you know you know with erica when i you found out that erica was on my on my podcast and like you were you were genuinely excited to to you know just to talk about her not even you forget about talking about the podcast you were just genuinely excited to talk about her you know how she was as a person how you how she made you want to be you know a, a better person a better coach uh you know you talk you know highly about her family and uh, I think that's what makes it special, man. I mean, I can say you can even just tell right now, uh, you know, years removed on how special those relationships, you know, were to you. And I think ultimately at the end of the day, that's what it's about, you know, and those relationships that, um, you know, that carry on, you know, past the coaching, uh, you know, pa you know, past the days that you guys working together. Uh, those are life. Those are lifelong relationships that uh, that continue to be a blessing, but also, uh, you know, were, were instrumental into you, into your development as a person. Do, do you agree with that? 100%. I mean, all the way from the girls to the boys to the school to the families. I mean, all that would shape me and, and help me be who I am today. And, and just, you know, like, oh, I can't, you know, and even even then, like that last team I coached, I mean, those girls were amazing. The Jordan Patterson reads the Anaya Mejia's uh, Laney fall. I mean, she's Laney. Laney was like a little freshman, you know, little freshman, sophomore, little, you know, I always said, like, if, if I'm going to have a good team, I got to have 
I have a really good agent on my team. Um, and, and she, <laughs> and she, and she was, man, she was, she was awesome, man. She worked so hard and now she's getting a scholarship. She's going, she just tore ACL again. Unfortunately that happens a lot oh. in, in women's sports, but she, um, man, I'm so proud of her. I mean, she's just awesome. And anyways, just, it goes down. Jocelyn Brown, you know, Aaron came over from McClatchy and she helped. I mean, just the girls, uh, Aaliyah, it just, I mean, again, it's just, uh, even we had a young lady, um, uh, man, um, uh, Quinn, Quinn, she was, you know, she just, but they just, it was funny because she had no business being on that floor with those girls, but she just bought into it and her family loved it and they bought into it. And just the, 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 the Durbin family, they're just great people, man. They just, and they, they loved it. And I mean, and guess what? Nobody was ever, if you were in my gym, nobody was ever, um, I, I, I coached and Erica being just as hard as I coached the 12th, the 10th girl. Well, we never had that many on our team. We always have like eight. So we, cause I'd run them all off. I don't know. But um, that was the thing. Like when I had a girl who came on, that wasn't someone we like knew about. And she just came into the school and she's like, I want to play girls basketball. And she came from another school somewhere. I mean, those girls were my favorite because they were like, so in shock and to watch them, you know, a lot of times I'd tell, girls I they would you know I mean probably I don't I'm not proud of it but you know I just I worked with women's basketball so I knew but I'd make a girl cry and I'd say look I love you and I'll and you can cry all you want but you you gotta still keep playing you could cry and play at the same time it's all good um so but she was like and I'm not saying but there was like like Quinn I mean you know I'm probably that's people are like why is he talking about Quinn but um she was just awesome like I appreciated her her family I mean but she just worked hard and she can she was never ever going to be anywhere near what those other girls were but she she's gonna have she's gonna set herself up to be good at something else and go professional of course in something else but she just she's gonna have great memories because of she just she never quit she just kept hanging in there and being a really good teammate and I think that's just exciting that's just I love that absolutely man one last question here brother and I want to get to some fun just some fun Q&A to wrap the, wrap the episode with is I know you're a humble dude, man. You're really humble guy. Who I've had, you know, you know, just to, you know, it's just been a blessing. You know, obviously our time, you know, knowing each other, and I've always found you to be, you know, like I said, just a great guy to be be around, just to someone to be, you know, affiliated with, associated with. But all that being said, I want to give you an opportunity to, you know, kind of brag about yourself a little bit. Just one last question is, what do you feel was your biggest impact to Bradshaw Christian? biggest impact uh i was uh i was definitely pretty much everyone there's test i will tell you what god put me in everyone's life to test them and make them stronger because you <laughs> had to be you know no i just um i think just uh just you know just the the people there um i think just to as much as i i like i said as much as i was there to to make them a you know, small school powerhouse or whatever I thought I was doing. Um, just there's so much more that happened and so much more that was given to me and I learned and, and not to say, you know, I mean, I got all these, you know, there's lots of challenges and lots of things, personal life and stuff that that's gone on um, at Bradshaw. But uh, yeah, I mean, I just think, uh, I think, I think from a practical point of view is I, I we brought a culture there, a winning, we built a winning tradition and we really brought a culture. We really, you know, a competitive, a competitive um, environment. Um, and I think from more of a just, just connection. I mean, just 
we, we really helped develop more of the community um, to really learn like, you know, there's just so much more than me, you know, I'm just a part of a lot of parts, you know, I'm not, I'm not the, you know, everybody wants to be like the main part, but I mean, at times I wasn't, I was just a finger in the body, you know, I was just a, a digit, you know, I was just a, maybe an elbow or arm or shoulder or something, you know, but you just, you had to come, no matter how big I was and how important I was or thought I was or whatever, I still had to come together with everybody else. I think that's, yep. that, that was cool. And I, I think to bring like a, a lot, like, you know, it's funny, I will say this, sorry, is uh, is coming from Southern California was interesting because when I did first co start coaching girls, like we'd be in the gym, and you know, Sacramento summers and we're doing workouts and you know, girls have their like sports bra on or their shirts cut off. And it's like, I would get into these meetings at Bradshaw Christian. They'd be like, well, Mike, we need to talk to you. And it'd be like all these people. And they'd be like, well, that's just really unacceptable for you, you to allow the girls to, you know, wear sports bras. Well, I'm like, what are you talking? I'm like, I don't even notice that stuff. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm getting in, in, kind of reprimanded for the, And it was just, it was funny because I was almost like kicking and screaming. It was like, I'm not, like, they're just playing basketball. They're hot. Like boys take their shirts off. Like, why can't girls just be in their, you know, halter tops or sports bras or whatever? I don't know. I just didn't, I never saw, but to have the humility to be able to understand like the, the message you're sending or like your representation or, you know, or perception, right? They say perception is everything. So just things like that, that I was interesting or like, you know, like I remember Jordan Shortino who ended up passing away was one of my best boys, one, probably one of the best players at Bradshaw Christian to this day that's ever come through there. Uh, unfortunately, he he um, passed away right after he graduated. Uh, but all that to say is like, I remember when I got there and I started working with the boys and they did a really like there was like a really good play. And I, I got so hyped and not paying attention. I slapped him on the butt. I was like, yeah, good job, Jordan. I hit him on the butt. And he was like, I'm, I'm, I'm like Mr. Rubel, like what, what, like, you, you can't do that. You can't touch me like that. And I'm like, what, 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 what are you talking about? Like, what's going on? And he's like, I'm like, oh, you know what, just keep playing. And I was like, oh, my God, that's, that felt weird. And then, I mean, I'm not even joking. An hour later, he does another great move. And sure enough, just out of reaction, I just put him on, had him on the butt again. And he's like, oh, I told you, you can't. Long story short, he ended up he ended up coming to live with me. And his I'm very close with his family. And he, like he said, he was one of the best. Players. But it's funny because to this day, I still have a ball that, you know, the team signed. And he put, um, it's a little weird, but still a great story because he's no longer with us. And he's just one of my favorites. But he put on the ball, I love when you spank me. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it's a little weird, but you know, it comes from that because we both laugh. But that's the culture we brought to where the boys, you know, the the, the girls. It just it was basketball. It was about basketball. It was about just what did we need to do? We we just we did, wanted to get rid of all the distractions and we wanted to just work on our craft and work on things that were going to allow us to be competitive to win games. And 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 our thing we talked from the beginning. We always we, we built that. It wasn't just about playing a sport. It was about winning. It was about winning championships and playing as long as we could and getting to a final. We wanted, all our teams wanted to end their season on a win. And you know how that is. If you're ending on a win, you're winning the big games. So. That's it, brother. No, 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 no. It's good, man. Hey, man, this is the, these are the stories that you ain't going to get out there. This is, this is a straight talk, man. I, I enjoyed it, brother. Listen, man, I know there's a lot more. I'm pretty sure I'll have you back on the pod down the line. There's definitely, you know, a, a lot, a lot more to your story, but man, you, uh, you know, uh, you've had a phenomenal run, man. I mean, and obviously I think your best years are still yet to come in life, uh, but you had a phenomenal run as a player, uh, you know, as a, as a coach, athletic director, 
uh, many, many titles, man. And, you know, it's nice sometimes when we go, you know, you're able to get on a podcast like this and, you know, to, to talk about it. So you really go back and like, man, you know, there's, you know, the, the impact that you've been able to make um, and, you know, just really the, the, the journey that you've had, man, has, has been truly, truly amazing and inspiring, man. So, and I obviously I was inspired based on what I knew prior and, you know, definitely I learned a lot more uh, during this episode. Really fun Q&A, man. About five, six questions. Uh, rapid fire is what I end my shows with. Uh, nothing too deep. Just the first thing that comes to your head, if you don't mind. You ready to go? Well, let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, what player did you emulate growing up? Scotty Pippen. Scotty Pippen. Okay. Who are you listening to right now? What's in What's in your uh, your beats? Your pros? What's What's on What's on repeat right now? Oh man. I mean, oh, wow. The the baby. I don't know. I I'm a hip hop rap guy. Like, and, and but I then I could throw in some rock. I don't know. It's just the baby. Little, baby's in there. Yeah, the, the new the one. Baby's the, in there. The baby. Yeah. The baby's uh, in there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, AI or Steph? Uh, AI. My guy, toughest player you've ever faced, personally. Toughest player ever faced. Um, golly, uh, Tony Gonzalez. I don't know. It's, yeah, uh, Tony. Tony G. Okay. Yeah. One word that, 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 that would describe your game as a player. Uh, man, uh, hardworking. Just, uh, just tenac- Just tenacious. Tenacious. One last, one last one, brother. Number one advice: someone that is as accomplished as you, they've seen all types of talent. That even personally yourself played uh, professionally. Number one advice you have for aspiring basketball players, male or female, doesn't matter. Number one advice: if you only had one advice to give, what would it be? Some I always say, I might as well just go with it. Embrace the pain to experience the joy. I like it, man. I like it. I like it. Well, brother. Hey, man. I appreciate your time, man. I appreciate you being on the pod. Like I said, uh, you know, definitely look forward to having you back. I know there's, there's so much more that, you know, you and I know that we need to get into uh, even outside of basketball, but definitely appreciate you, uh, you know, getting on the Straight Talk with Straight Hand podcast today, brother. Man, I appreciate you, bro. Thanks for having me. Seriously, like, this is awesome. And, yeah, this is, I mean, it's crazy. I, I love it. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, all right, brother. Well, guys, listen, if you're, if you're not, if you want to continue following, um, you know, Mike's journey, uh, you, can, you can follow him on the gram. He is private, so you're gonna have to. He's gonna have to accept you. But it's mruble33, mruble33. That's his IG handle. I don't know if I, I didn't even ask for permission for that. So hopefully he's okay with that. If you're not following me, it's just last name at Strahan. Uh, just last name. And just want to thank you guys for joining me for another straight talk with Strahan. Continue having a blessed day. God bless. Thanks for tuning in to another Straight Talk with Strahan Podcast. If you haven't done so already, click the subscribe button, and we will catch you on the next episode.